Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and if you are a friend of the pod, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. Today, we're talking about honoring our parents. Amy Christie's here to share her sermon last weekend, but before we bring up and care for one another, now that they've honored me with their obedience, let's welcome in our favorite co-host, Marin and Amy. Hey, guys. Hi. Whoa. Whoa. I know. Uh, no Barry. No, it's a it's a wacky week. Yeah, off the off the top, it's a wacky week. We're doing this in the morning, which yeah, may be wacky. a good decision, but it we'll find we'll figure that out. We'll find out after this yes. is done if it's a good we, decision. But we're doing this Wednesday morning. You know, we lost today. We lost today. We this lost today. Yeah. Labor, Labor Day. I was pushing not to do it, but Amy kept texting me. I got to get on the pod. I got to get on the pod. <laughs> Hey, so I'm, here we are. I'm just doing what the people want. I'm just yeah. giving them what they want. Uh, uh-huh. Guys, are you, how are you guys doing? How was, you know, here's, here's what I want to do. I want to give, <laughs> I want to give friends of the pod kind of what some of friends of the pod have been asking for. So a lot of them have been like, Tyler, I don't care about what's going on in your life. I just want to hear from the preacher. Like, all right. So Amy, you kicked off the sermon series uh, talk, and it's about, we're, we're going through like uh, four different, and they are turning points, four different times of someone's life where they're, they're faced with something that could or will alter how they behave in their relationships or, um, yeah, significant milestones of people's lives that have a deep, deep impact on them. And so you started the sermon series talking about caring for aging parents. Yes. And, um, it was very personal for you, obviously. And I want to talk about that first. Um, but in general, I would love for you to just kind of share the overview or the big idea that you wish everybody would have heard if they haven't heard it yet. Yeah, my big idea really just came from uh, straight from the passage in Ephesians where, you know, um, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. And the whole idea is what does honor your father and mother look like when your father when you're an adult and not a child anymore? And so as children, you know, growing up in their home, um, our honoring of them is respect and obedience. And then I feel like it flips there. There comes a time when it's going to flip for everybody because mm. your parents are going to enter a state stage where they can't totally care for themselves um, and so I feel like at that point, honoring them is serving them and yeah. how and putting them first. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, and this is this is when things are the way that they should be. Not all parents are perfect. We don't get to I mean, preachers don't do this every time, but I really do appreciate it when the, the times where you can tell that this is like a personal, this is like to the heart of the person giving the yeah. message. And Marin, you did this with mm-hmm. unity a couple weeks ago, Amy, you do this quite a bit. Like you find, you find how this is, uh, this has personally impacted me or impacting me. And so that's, that's kind of the, the platform in which yeah. you, or the foundation in which you, you talk about these things, Amy, you're clearly going through this now, Marin, you've in, in, in some ways have gone through this mm-hmm. to care for, oh, yeah. for your parents in a way that My is grandparents. Like, yep. And so, um, with both of you, I mean, personally, I've, I've kept up with, with your journeys. 
this podcast has shared a little, I mean, shared Marin's journey a little bit. Uh, Amy, I don't think we've talked to you enough about what you've been going through, but <clears throat> do you just mind sharing how you're doing? Like you talked about this when it all started with your mom and the pie mm -hmm. and everything. Um, but how long ago was that? How are your parents now? Um, how are you and what's life like with them now? You talked a little bit about your relationship building with your dad, but what, what do you think? And Marin, you can speak to your experiences too. Like what, what do you think you will remember about this season with your, with your well, parents? Um, my mom started losing herself probably about 10 years ago. And now we can look back and see moments that we didn't know was part of this disease, but it was, we know it now, like my mom and I, and to be clear, the disease is uh, it's primary progressive aphasia is the, the okay. actual diagnosis. It's a form of dementia or Alzheimer's. It's in that same, okay. same under that same umbrella. Um, but that's, mm. she's not diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's. Although if she were diagnosed today, it might be a more, uh, it might, she might be, have fallen to dementia now. Like, I, I don't know. That mm -hmm. diagnosis was many years ago. So, um, and at the time, my mom and I were at odds a lot. She became real possessive of me and wanting lots of my time. And it was very, and now at the time, it made me angry because I was like, mom, I've got four kids and a job and a husband. Like, I can't. You, well, now I really believe it was the beginning of this. Her personality started to change. She started to see the world differently. And, but I didn't know it then. You know, I didn't know it then. The main thing that we noticed, my uncle, who is a psychiatrist, her brother started noticing things and he had her diagnosed because he wanted to know. He thought it would be, we needed to know what was going on. And so, she, like I said, she forgot words at the beginning. And then it just, I wish I could the pie incident was a pin, you know, a moment I could pinpoint. Most of it has been such a slow progression that I can't, what I mourn more than anything is not being able to remember the last great conversation I had with my mom mm -hmm. or remember the last time that I felt like she was her, like everything that I knew her to be. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of all kind of melds together in my mind. Um, and now we're at the point she broke her hip in December and she was already pretty gone by that point. Like she recognizes us, but she couldn't put a name with us. Like I mm. would say when I used to walk in maybe a year ago, she knew I was important to her, but she wouldn't be able to tell you why I was important or what my name was. But she knew that I meant something, you know, mm -hmm. um, or I knew that I meant something to her. I, in her mind, I have no idea what she's thinking. I think there mm -hmm. are times that she's lucid in her mind. She just can't express it. Um, which is part of this, the words, words are what you lose the most. So she can't, she doesn't know how to use her words anymore. And once she broke her hip in December, um, it just, it has progressed to now she's not stringing together things that make sense. So she's not totally talking gibberish, although sometimes she does. It's more that it's words that don't go together. So she'll start yeah. out and be like, oh, I see mailbox cat airplane. Like it just, it doesn't nothing fits together. So you have no idea what she's saying or what she means. So you just nod and say, yeah. uh-huh. Okay. Mm. Um, so that, and my mom and I were super duper close and talked every single day. So, you know, to lose that at 42, when your kids haven't yeah. even entered the hard parts, like sometimes I think 
when I go through hard things with my kids, oh my gosh, I wish I could talk to my mom about it. Like I wish I could ask her what she thinks or, or I wish I'd listen more when she told me things like maybe she knew what she was talking about. And, um, and I don't really have anyone else in my life to fill that void. Like I have a lot of women that I respect and talk to, but they're all more peers or, um, not that I can't bounce, but, but I just miss that piece of it. And my dad is awesome, but he's not my mom. And there's different things that your mom brings that your dad just doesn't for probably for a, a girl, so to speak. Um, so, but yes, my relationship with my dad is amazing and he is amazing. Like I look at him in a completely different way. Like I said, he doesn't need to be living in assisted living. My dad could live with my sister. He could live with us, my brother, my other, I mean, like he, he can take care of himself for the most part. He will not leave her. He wants to be with her. So in some ways he's kind of dumbed down his life in order to stay with her because he's on a floor that they take care of her. They're most of the people on the floor they live on are more like her, Mm. not like him. Wow. So during this pandemic, he can't even go downstairs to the dining room where there are people like him that he can sit and talk like at length with people. He can't leave his floor for the most part. Oh my goodness. So that's been really hard for him. But the beauty is my dad and I, our relationship is, you know, catapulted to a whole other level of intimacy and closeness and um that's been amazing that part of it's been amazing Mm -hmm. and watching him love her the way he has loved her has been great like just Mm -hmm. no not many kids get that kind of gift to watch after 67 years of marriage that they that he is just glued to her side he will not leave her he still says she's my girl Hmm. Hmm. so yeah that's amazing Marin, what do you, you spent years caring for your mom as she was sick. Like, what do you, what do you remember looking back on that? Like, what do you remember about that season um, in terms of honoring, honoring her, caring for her as, just, as she was going through that? What do you remember? Just wanting her to end well and whatever that looked like, whatever that meant. Um, I remember living with a lot of fear, um, with cancer, it wasn't dementia or anything like that, but the cancer did go to her brain. So she was diminished in her ability to function, um, especially more toward the end. But just the fear of like, how bad is this going to get before mm-hmm. before the Lord calls her home? Like, how, how far will this take her? How much suffering will she have to experience um, before it's all over? Um, yeah, so... I don't know, Amy, this, I thank you for not, I thank you for not leaving anyone behind in this message. You, for all intensive purposes, had wonderful parents that you love and it's kind of the best case scenario type story. But there are others like myself for whom this is a very complicated issue. Um, I didn't get to see my mom into her golden years and and you, you made sure that those of us who lost a parent weren't left behind in this message. Um, I, in, in one regard, I'm an orphan because both of my biological parents are gone. Right. But the way that you defined parent, you said Mm -hmm. that a parent is a person who brings up and cares for another. And so my dad who adopted me, he's still around. 
Yeah. But we're not at a really great point in our relationship. Right. Mm. And so the list that you gave of ways we can honor our parents was so challenging and so timely. Um, my dad and I are going to our first counseling appointment this Saturday. That's awesome. And it's, mm. it's long overdue, mm-hmm. but I'm encouraged that um, he's willing to go yeah. and um, you even said um, that your mom was kind of the liaison between you and your dad. Yep. And that's for sure how it was with my mom. And in her absence, there hasn't been that person there. Um, right. And so we've got to figure out a way to move forward in our relationship without mom being around. So yeah. that's just getting super, super personal, but very, very timely message. Um, and a message that yeah. would have been easy just to be like, well, everything is rosy. My parents are great. Sorry mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like this was a message where you left no one behind. Everybody mm-hmm. had a role in this message. Everybody has a responsibility uh, given what you shared. Thank you. Cause I, that was my biggest fear going into it. I, I did not want anyone to be left behind and, and I felt very, um, responsible to make sure that everyone was covered because I, I have, because of the people in my life that I know have complicated relationships with their parents, had not good parents. I mean, I know people in my life that have parents that were really awful. And, mm. and so I just wanted to, and then people that have lost both their parents or lost one of their parents. And so I was like, I have to represent everyone in this. Like, it can't just be it can't just be a message about me and my experience it has to you yeah. know and and then and what was great is my friend sue um who's a good friend of, of Marin's as well um came and prayed over me before and mm. and she knew where i was with that nervousness of oh my gosh you have the words have the words i put together are they enough for everyone and she just, mm. she said, Lord, you've given her the words. Now the Holy Spirit does the rest of the work. And the Holy yeah. Spirit is who will open the ears and hearts of everybody who's listening. And in that moment, I just felt this weight lifted as she was praying that because I was like, if these are the words that I was given and these are the right words, then I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do the work that I cannot do. I can't, I can't do any of that. I can only put it together and present it. And to the best of my ability, listening to the spirit and then the spirit has to move and and speak into people's lives. And so that was an awesome prayer that I needed desperately before I went out there. And and she knew the right words to pray in that moment. Mm. Yeah, I really appreciated that, too. I mean, I have great parents and I have a good relationship with them. And but I was thinking about the people, you know, whose parents either weren't present or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and I think uh, you, d- I think you did a great job of just kind of saying, you know, acknowledging that and saying there's boundaries that probably have to be set up, but honoring is still possible. Right. And here's how you do it. And we're going to put all of the, all of the things that you listed in the show notes for anybody who may have not heard it yet, but there's a whole list of like 10 things, yeah. like what we can do to honor Annie, my, honor my daughter, Annie, cause you know, my family, they're my biggest critics, which is good. But yeah. she goes, wow, that was a lengthy list. 
<laughs> like here's the top 11 I things know, you can do. Like, I think maybe three is tops that people can remember, yeah. mom. You really gave I them. just counted it. I think it was 13. I think it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept, I kept waking up in the middle of the night with another one. And I'm like, oh, yes. I got to add that one. Yes, Amy. And I'm so glad you did. And I mean, again, very personally, some of these are easier to do than others. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For me, too. It was. Yeah. Yeah, For me, too. For me, too. I thought a lot after becoming a dad the last three years, I've thought a lot about this topic, I guess, um, in my own parents. Like, I've thought a lot about this, what it means to honor them. Um. And one of the thoughts I've had is like, my dad is only my dad to me, to everyone else. He's Phil Bender. And when you said like, share them with other people, Mm. people want to spend time with them. I was like, yeah. Yep. How selfish of me to just be like, he's my dad. (laughs) Right. You know? And like, um, my mom is not my mom to 99.99% of people in the world. She's Patty. Right. right? She's no. Right differently and me and us being a parent is only part of our identity Mm. it's only part of it it's not the whole thing and so um and to me it's really it's been and this may just be me but it's been really easy for me to grow up thinking well their identity is us Mm. kids you know and that's just my dad but he has a life (laughs) he has a life and he has people that want to be around him um and it it kind of rattles my brain a little bit as I'm a d- dad now, where it's like Milo in Lane. I'm their dad, right. but I I have a life. I hope yes. you know. And um, me honoring my dad is not just like honoring my dad. It's honoring a human right. being who had a part of his identity was to care for right. like, you know that, and so. It, it was a it was a great sermon for me to think about as a son and as a dad because there's there's another part of it that's like I'm parenting a three year old and I'm trying to teach him about what obedience means and why he needs to obey and I've so far have approached this like dude you got to obey because if you don't listen to me you're gonna get electrocuted when you put your hand in the, right. in the electrical right. socket so obey it's it's for you and. But uh, the way that you talked about obedience is like, it's deeper. Mm-hmm. Obedience is deeper. It's about like him obeying is honoring to me as his right. dad. And I have not looked at it that way as his dad. It's, like, it's been like, dude, I know what's best for right. you. All right. Mm-hmm. This is best, what's best for you. But him obeying is more like honoring to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just a new way to think about it yeah. for me. The other thing that I worked, wanted to work really hard to to do or not do, I guess I wanted to make sure that I did not make anyone that is in the category of older adult elderly feel like they are a burden to any of us. My, my goal was, no, this is just a reality of life. Our bodies Mm -hmm. are going to decay. Some, for some of us, our minds are going to decay. It's not any easier on the one that that's going through it than the one that's watching them go through it. it. It is a hard time for many of us, but that doesn't, that's not burdensome. What I, what I wanted to say was 
what I wanted to make sure I, I said was this is this is not a burden to us. It's just finding a new way of navigating life. It's it doesn't mean that that this is a terrible season. No, I, th- I, what I was trying to do was find a way to make it uh, a fulfilling season or a deep season or a. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make sure, too, that like yeah. when my parents listened, that they didn't feel like. Oh, we're a we're a burden to her, or we're this is no, this mm. is this is. There can be beauty and and richness in the midst of what is for all a hard time, but it doesn't mean that they're a burden. It can be a difficult time without someone being burdensome to you. I'm going through difficult times sometimes with my own kids, but that doesn't mean they're a burden to me. Right. It's just how right. do we navigate it in a way that's healthy and life giving, and christ-centered and yeah so i tried to work hard that nobody would feel like they if they are the, the if they're the one that's older or or the parent that they're a burden at all so hopefully i did that yeah i liked when okay so it's difficult right my my i took care of my grandmother when she was in her last stages of Alzheimer's and right. Alzheimer's took her all the way down. So I was grandma's take caretaker when my kids were one and two yes. years old. So kind of like a, who said the sandwich yes. thing? Rob Yonan said club sandwich. Yeah. Um, so I've lived that. I even felt like that um, driving to and from Chicago constantly right. while still trying to parent my kids here. And that took a toll on my daughter. She would uh, get real emotional yes. when I would leave again right. um, to go be with my mom. So as much as we don't want our loved ones to feel like they are a burden, we don't want them to feel that way. No. We can't deny the weight sure. that caring for uh, an aging or an ailing loved one adds to our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the part that you said about asking for help because there are people who want to hang out with your parents. Um, mm-hmm. There are people when you said um, that friends of yours have gone and visited your parents where they're living. Yep. Um, another friend of mine just went and did that um, down in Louisiana from here. She went um, to go visit people who were second parents to her yes. and, and moved them into memory care. Yeah. Um, but I chatted with her over text. Actually, I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, she well, me. If it's the same person, I sat through the first service, listened to your message, texted her and said, bring your Kleenex. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we had just talked about this yeah. on Friday night yeah. and yeah, Yeah. I was like, okay, this one's going to hit really hard. So just bring some tissues. Right. But the point is to, to have family be more than blood relatives, to have this communal sense of family and ownership. When my parents needed food, I had a legion of people I could call on Mm -hmm. to bless my parents in my absence because I wasn't there to cook for them like I wanted to be, but other people did. And they did so gladly because they wanted to serve my parents and it was far less of a burden knowing that I wasn't shouldering the entire thing by myself but I needed I needed to ask for help yep well and that's where the title of the series what we what we believe is the title now if you only knew comes into play because I think the whole idea is 
you community, you Grace Church, you the church, do you know what we're going through? And if you don't, let us share with you because we need you. Like we need your help. And, and Tim will talk about that this week, I'm sure. And then Barry the next two weeks talking about marriage and adult children. And when life is really difficult and takes a turn, you you need community around you. You need people to step in and, and help out and just do what needs to be done. And yeah, I mean, Marin, I don't know how you would have gotten through had your parents not had this amazing community in, in the Chicago area and you too that you could call on. Right. When you're doing this from a distance, particularly, you've got to have those people that are just going to have your back or to take care of things here for you. Well, right. well, you went to Chicago, friends that came alongside um, Desi and Jaden and Jed and, you know, did what needed to be oh, done yeah. in your absence. Like, that's why yeah. if you only knew church, then you would jump in and help us out because I know that's what, up. yeah, that's what you as the community of, of Christ will do for us. And so. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite pictures from that season of my life, I had, my mom had gone into a coma and I had to emergency leave everything and, and run and be by her side. And a family from the Fishers campus took my kids in for the weekend while I was gone. Um, and my son, um, was really emotional during worship one Sunday morning and the people that knew what he was going through surrounded him and prayed over him as my son mm. just wept one mm. Sunday morning during worship. Yep. If we, if we only knew, yep. if we knew what our family, what the people who sit around us are going through, yep. I think it would change the way that we interact with them and it would change the way that we support them and it would change our community. Yep. We, I think we would we would develop um, deep and abiding relationships and friendships as we support one another through these difficult seasons. And and again, many of us are already doing this. Right. Yes. There are yeah. plenty of people, uh, grace people, who knew what my family was going through mm -hmm. and brought us food after my mom passed and and helped support us through that time. Right. And and many are still supporting me through my grieving of this year, this yes. entire year. I've just been sadness on legs. And yep. there are some people who know that and acknowledge that and mm -hmm. help support me through that. So yep. that's why I appreciate that while we are talking about turning points, it really is a sermon about family mm -hmm. and about what it means to be the family of God. Yep. And it really goes back to the Hope Last month. week's sermon. Yeah. Right. yeah. The way that Barry culminated all right. of the ways that we move into healing the broken place of isolation, mm -hmm. it it all ended with the word family. family. Yep. And it was what a, it means for us to be the family of God to each other. It really is the perfect. Well, this is one of those issues that uh, isolation is running rampant. If we're not uh, if we're not doing item number nine on Amy's list or whatever I, a number it is, it's like reach out to people and let them know how they can, yes. you know, what we just said, like isolation is running rampant, yeah. whether it's your aging parents, Amy, your dad, who's probably super yeah. lonely right now. Um, or you feeling like you have to do it by yourself right. and like take care is, of your those own are two, kids right. in the process. Yeah. That is two versions of isolation. Yeah. So if you're, if you're someone who is, is in a situation, then I really appreciated the panel discussion because it's, it, it showed a window into how different people handle mm -hmm. this differently. Um, but if you're someone who is, is in this situation and 
I guess the challenge is, do you, do you have the courage to, to let people know Mm -hmm. in your church family? Do you have the courage to let people know? Because I think there's part of like, I don't know if it's an American thing. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I don't want to buy Like they don't want to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they, they don't need. And the whole idea of, I can do this. I got this. I can do this. I don't, I don't need anybody's help. I can, I can like, it's not a badge of honor to, to no. go down because you're trying to do everything by yourself. Like that, that asking for help does not show weakness. Asking for help shows that you're, that you're actually very, <laughs> that you're smart and you want to bring other people into the, yeah. into the mix. And you know, you we're not, made to do things by ourselves we're made to do things in community some people don't know i'm i'm the prime example of this if 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 i'm like okay ask for help i don't know what to tell you yeah i don't know how to tell you to help me Mm -hmm. i don't know but what i can do is i can ask you for prayer right and then maybe the holy spirit will put something on your heart hey i should Get Marin some coffee. I should see if Marin's parents need a grocery gift card, you know, but it can start with me just letting you know that I need prayer support. I don't have to have all the answers and come to you and say, Amy, I need your help with buying my parents groceries. I don't have to spell it it out, but I do need to reach out and tell you that I'm in need and I need prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's more, I think I think of it more as like, uh, are you, are you willing to share what's going on? Mm. Because like the nature of your church family, like all I should be able to have to hear is what's going on before I'm like, whoa, I gotta do, like, I gotta do something. I gotta help. I gotta like participate in (sighs) Maren's life and how she's doing this. And, um, as a church family, like you, I don't know that we ought to hear how specific because you don't know. Maybe you don't know how to how other people can help you. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to share, here's what's going on. Yeah. My parents are super isolated. Men's Bible study. My dad, like you're asking how my dad right. is. Here's what's really what I'm going right. through. Um, you're not saying I need you guys to go see no. him. But they upon themselves yep. are like, I heard what Amy just said. I need to go yep. see him, mm-hmm. yep. you know, yes. well, and that's, yeah. Um, and that's exactly what's happened. I mean, that's, you know, they, yeah. and, uh, Tim and Jennifer Ayers, you know, Tim came to me six months ago and he goes, what's your dad's number? And they called and talked to my dad on the phone and Jennifer prayed for him over the, you know, yeah. and that was life giving to my dad, even mm. though he couldn't see anyone just to hear a different voice. And to know that there's other people besides it, it's good for them to know that other people care besides just their family. Cause yeah. you know, you kind of feel like well, yeah. my family should care, but man, when someone else reaches out that unexpectedly, like what a, what a beautiful surprise. Like, yeah. yeah. And people want to do that. They, they just need to know that they can, or they, or they need to, you know, you're right. It's, it's yeah. just reaching out and telling your story. And then the Holy Spirit yep. will let them know what it's, and there's nothing greater than somebody coming up and saying, here's what I'm going to do for you. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. And I didn't even know it, but okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you. Hmm. Cause you don't know what yeah. you need half the time. You're just getting by. Yeah. You're just doing it. Right. right. So yeah, that's, that's very true. That's a great point. So Karen for aging parents is one of the 
turning points that we're going to focus on. What what are the three others? Tim is talking about raising adult children, which I think will be fascinating because as a as a mom who has adult, I'm in the mix of both. I've got a 22 year old, 19 year old, 17 year old, and 13 year old, and I'm telling you it it changes when they become adults mm-hmm. and they're out on their own. My daughter graduated from college in, in May and uh, yeah, it's a whole different world. And, and nobody told me, nobody told me that, that it got harder in some ways when they become adults. So I think it's going to be fascinating oh, and super goodness. personal for Tim. I mean, this was really personal for me, Tim, I think it'll be very personal for him. Um, Cause he's in the throes of it. All of his children are adults with their own children. And, um, and then the next week, Barry's going to speak on marriage. And the week after that, he's going to talk about, um, you know, when life takes a turn you were not expecting and and it, your life kind of hits a wall. Um, how do you navigate that? And then the fifth week is when we're the three of us that have spoken during this series, Tim and Barry and myself are going to answer questions. So encourage the friends of the pod. Mm-hmm. If you have questions that arise during this series we would love to hear what those questions are and you can send them send them to gracechurch.us slash the good life and um give us your questions and we're going to answer some of them that that third fifth week of the series so this is just being honest like this is this is a series that gives me anxiety (laughs) Cause I'm not in the, I'm not in the caring yes, for your no. aging parents. Yes. I'm not in the adult children. No. You are married. And I, I, I am married, but like marital problems gives me anxiety. Yeah. Like thinking about like, we're, we're of the age where like we have friends who are getting divorced. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Think about, well, and uh, I said last week, just where we celebrated our seventh. I said last week, our, 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 seventh anniversary Lauren's comment first comment was mm-hmm. you know the average yep. length of a marriage is seven years and so that gives me anxiety thinking about marital problems it gives me anxiety thinking of Milo growing up <laughs> to be a yep. young adult and graduating from college like I don't want that to happen he's three years old we we can't even camp right. <laughs> like I want I want that to last yeah. forever I don't want to think about my parents getting old no. I don't want to do I these know. things I don't want to do it and so it, on one hand, it's super helpful because I don't know how I'm going to prepare for any of this stuff. I don't know. And so it's super helpful to have the list of like, here's how you can do this. Mm-hmm. But um, it does give me anxiety yeah. because I don't I don't want to face any of these turning points. Well, did you hear, I think I think I'm, I don't think I'm alone. No. Did you hear what Amy just said, though? Amy just said, you know what Tim is going to talk about next week, parenting adult children. I'm not there yet. I'm almost there. Right. We're not there yet. But what Amy just said is no one told me. I know. And I would that's kind of what I'm saying. I, yeah, I would say the same thing with um aging parents. And my kids could easily, you know, hear these sermon subjects and just check out because it doesn't apply to them. But, but it will. they're not going to be able to say no one told me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what was so helpful about your sermon, Amy. Nobody did tell me. Mm-hmm. I think when you're of a certain age, you expect that life is just going to be this way forever. I had this picture in my head of my mom, you know, always trying to picture what she'd look like as a little old lady. Well, no one told me that she was never going to get there, you know, or, or when you're little and you've got your grandparents around and they're so full of vitality. Um, My, my dad has his mom living with him full time, 
even though he's in a season of grief, right. having just lost his wife, nobody told him no. that this is what it would be like. And so helping us see a little mm-hmm. bit further down the road, knowing that these turning points, some of them will come your way. Mm-hmm. Here's what the Bible has to say. Look at the book of Ephesians. Right. It's, it's a sermon for us to be encouraged, not discouraged. Yeah. Right. It's for us to be encouraged. It's for us to encourage others. And I thank us. I thank you. I thank you for doing this because my, my kids sat there and they listened. And this is now a point of reference. The sermon is out there. It's out there for all time. Right. Yeah. When I, I hope they come back to that list. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when I'm when I'm officially aging. Right. Um, right. Well, it'll, it'll take them that long to get through the list. <laughs> yeah, I hope that they forgive me gonna, they and pray for me and spend time to with remember. me and I, talk kindly of yes. me. I hope they right. do all that. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. I think my kids are just going to pick their top three favorite because they the <laughs> list was the list was too long for them. So they're just going to yeah, decide oh, they're going to pick man. and choose. Well, yeah. I get to celebrate this weekend. I'm going to go to a counseling appointment with my dad on Saturday and I'm super nervous about that. But the very next day I go to Chicago to be with my grandmother for oh, her 95th birthday. That's amazing. This message was so incredibly timely yeah. for me on all fronts. Um, we get to go honor grandma with a backyard barbecue, Perfect. everybody wearing masks, I nice and it. distance. Um, I love grandma it. is 95, still living independently in, on the West side of Chicago, yep. That's amazing. still driving. Um, yeah, incredible. And all of these things, um, this whole list, she, she's a testimony to all of these things That's awesome. that we, we do still want to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. We do talk kindly of her. I still want to learn from yep. her. Oh my goodness. I feel like she must get annoyed with my questions, yep. you know, because yep. she's 95 and she's seen it all. And right. I just want to squeeze every ounce of wisdom out of my grandma that I can. Yep. So yep. all the stories, yeah. all the, all the tidbits of knowledge. I, my, my mom's mom lived till she was 96. And she was with it till the very end. And I soaked up every single second I got with her because there's nothing, there's nothing better than sitting at the feet of somebody that has lived that long and can still share their life with you. Like that is so awesome. That's so great. Love that. Hmm. Well, Amy, thanks for, thanks for doing that. I agree. It, it, it's not, it, I don't know if it's going to prepare me. I don't know if it's going to solve my anxiety about my parents getting old, but what it is doing, what it did do, it is, it, it encourages me to, to think about it now. Yes. Like not all the, the, the list of 500 things. It's <laughs> not like, here's what happens. Here's what you need to do after right. your parents are, are aged. Right. It's like, here's what you can start doing yes. now. Like laugh with yep. them. Yeah. You can laugh with them now. Uh, you know, and there's, it's not like wait until no. this happens. No. It's like, you can start doing these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And we should, and so, we should be doing them now. Yeah. So I appreciate, I appreciate you giving Thanks. that message. And I, I, I do really love when I can, I can get a window into, and if this is what's going to happen with Tim, that's great. Uh, I can get a window into the, 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 the preacher's life a little bit. Cause I know that you're speaking from your personal experience and what you're going through right now. And so I really appreciate that. So thanks for doing that. Um, we're off to, or Tim will be here yep. next week talking about caring for adult children. And Maren, you can 
jump right in because your children are almost <laughs> yes. adults. Because they think they grown. Yes, <laughs> they do. Yes, <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Barry will be here next week. We'll but see. If not. <laughs> You can bring me. Yeah, I'll come back it. if you if he's not. No, nah, okay. we're good. We're dang it! I try so hard. Oh. <laughs> All right. I said we would keep this short, and we have not. Thanks so for we thanks wrap it for up. having Marin, me. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Uh, Mary, will you please send us out? I will. I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 